the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord our God. We bless you, God. We thank you for this evening of worship. We give your name glory and honor for you are our way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. You're the light in the darkness. That is who you are. Have your way. Speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit, and cause us to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, bless God, he is a way maker. Greetings to you, so grateful that you've joined us again this evening to study God's word as we have been in the midst of this time and season. And we have been looking each week and on our Tuesday evening Bible studies from this theme, The Quiet Mind for Troubled Times. This is the 21st iteration of this word, The Quiet Mind for Troubled Times. Be still and know that I am God. God wants us to still our minds, still our spirits, bring ourselves into complete alignment with him to make sure that we bring ourselves into a spiritual awareness that God is ever-present help and there's a way in which God wants us to live and move and even have our being in this world and so that we bring our unscriptural and unspiritual self under subjection that the spiritual self who we really are uh, our best self can be revealed in everything we do and say. God wants that to be revealed in us. And as that is revealed, it gives peace to our souls because it is our souls and minds that are in the battle now to see what will last in the midst of these trying times. Our minds are under attack. The bombardment of information the bombardment of election news, uh, uh, the bombardment that comes with the pandemic, the bombardment that comes with supremacy that still exists, the bombardment that comes with the sexism and classism and racism of our time. Those bombardments keep hitting us. And every day the numbers are going up. Now close to a thousand people a day are losing their battle to COVID-19. Last week, we had a great word from Reverend Jackie, and he spoke to us so powerfully about God's deliverance that God brought him through. Boy, it's something to understand of how God will bring you through. And Sister Nisi was able to hold on to her faith in demonstrative ways by praying without ceasing by visualizing her husband coming home to her, by speaking into the atmosphere what she wanted God to do, and through it all, holding on to God's unchanging hand. Yes, that's what it's going to take now. You know, um, you know, we used to um, kind of mock those songs like, Lord, don't boom my mountain, but give me the strength to climb. I don't want to pray the prayer of having him not move mountains. But I do want to tell you this. If there's a mountain, give me the strength to climb it. What I need to endure, give me the ability to go through it. And so that's what we're trying to get. Our ability to go through it, to rev it up in God, to come into a different place and state of our very being. You know, we've been looking together over these last few weeks. And, and we started dabbling into Luke chapter 6 
um, verses 27 to 38. And I've been working back and forth with you about that. And, and I want to look at it again. And I hope I put a, a, a fresh spin on it to make some things clearer to you. You know, Jesus says in, in verse 27, But I say to you who hear, now, I, I, I pause right there because he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. And so for those of you who have an ear to hear this word, it means that it's for you. It means that this is the season you can walk into this word. This is something you're ready to walk into. I, I talk about preparedness. I don't want anyone who has been through a lot who have been um, molested, maligned, and, 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 and pressed down by oppressive individuals in your life. When you hear me talk about love your enemies, I don't want you to hear this word as another oppression. I don't want you to hear this word as being something, oh God, I can't do that right now, and so now I feel more pressure. That's not what this word is for. This word is that as God heals you, a part of your healing is going to be that you're going to develop the gift and ability to walk in the spirit of forgiveness and mercy for you so that you're able to move on. But don't receive this word as more pressure on you, something else to do. Hear the word, get it in you, take the podcast when you're ready, as you're coming up, as God is mending your heart and fixing your spirit, you know, and, and that, that, that Waymaker song says, even when I don't see you, you're working. Yet you've got to know as you don't even see God working, as God is working it out, you'll be able to ingest this word and function in it all the more. So don't hear it as, as oppressive, but hear the word of the Lord to love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Wow, that's hard to do because, you know, hate is, is, is difficult. It, it, you know, some people really dislike us. Some people really, unfortunately, some people actually do hate us. Some people don't, don't want you to be around. Some people pray for your demise. They pray for your downfall. They, they pray that you'll be sick and they'll pray that your life will be ruined. They'll pray that the devil is a liar. But they are there. But hate is conquered by love. Hate is conquered by love. You need to get that in your spirit. I know there's some things and uh, sometimes you try to clean it up say, well, I don't hate them, but I hate their ways. And I understand that. I understand. But hate is conquered in all of its forms, in all of its manifestations by love. It is the love of God. But there's always that tension, that battle between love and hate. I know that's that, that dualistic mind talk, and I don't really like to engage in it. But, but I, I love the, uh, the cultural phenomenon that was the movie by Spike Lee, Do the Right Thing. And you know that's the title I'm using for our Sunday worships. Uh, but it's interesting, in there, Radio Rahim gives us his own understanding of love and hate. Watch this. Me. Oh. 
Carolina. Where are you headed to? I'm going to get a slice. You going down the south? Where? I got to make some deliveries and I'll check you back there, right? Three back. Back. All right. Let me check it out. That's the hype. Newest latest. Let me tell you the story of right hand, left hand. It's a tale of good and evil. Hey. It was with this hand that Cain iced his rug. Love. These five fingers, they go straight to the soul of man. The right hand, the hand of love. The story of life is this. Static. One hand is always fighting the other hand. And the left hand is kicking much. I mean, it looks like the right hand love is finished. But hold on, stop the presses. The right hand's coming back. Yeah, he got the left hand on the ropes now. That's right. Yeah. Ooh, it's a devastating right hand. Hey, this hurt. Down. Ooh. Ooh, left hand. Hey, KO'd by love. If I love you, I love you. But if I hate you, there it is, love and hate. I love you, bro. Wait, Raheem, check the leg. Peace. It is interesting, the, the cultural critique that Spike offers to us of the battle of love and hate, and he refers to it as static. He refers to it as a, a tension. And, and there is always this tension between good and evil, between right and wrong, love and hate, because we are always forced to choose. We're forced into these, um, these bifurcated places of choice. Sometimes, you know, um, unwittingly, choice is made for us by environment, uh, by nurture of those who are around us. They put us in a position to, to dislike everyone and everyone. Um, you know, I, I tell people all the time, racism and supremacy is, is, not, is not something you're born with. It's something that you, it's, it's a disease you catch from those who have birthed you and who put into you their poison. The, the reality is that what I need to understand is that I get to choose to live in and by what has saved me. I have been saved by love, so I get to choose to live in love, and by love, I live my existence. So therefore, everything about me functions in the spirit of love, so that all around me, I am enveloped by it. Therefore, I exude it, I give it, and thankfully, in many cases, it comes back in individual ways. Sometimes it comes back differently than that which I have sent out, but because I'm giving it, there's a reciprocity of that generous spirit of love being returned unto me. So that I want to live my life where I'm functioning in that which has saved me. Watch where I'm going here. Everyone knows John 3.16. For God 
so loved the world that he gave. It is the love that gave. It is God's love for the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Here's the powerful preach here, verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Understand, the love of God came into the world through Jesus Christ for salvation. Now notice, the text says that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, which suggests that the world is worthy of condemnation. The world is worthy of judgment. Stay with me. I'll close on this judgment issue. The world is worthy of judgment and that judgment into eternal punishment. But God's love looked beyond what the world is worthy of and gave the world not what it deserved, but what it needed. There's preaching in that right there. God gave the world not what it deserved, but what it needed. God gave the world what it deserved in the story of Noah in a flood. But God said, I'm not going to do that now. So what God did was God gave the world what it needed. But later his promise is it won't be water but fire next time. So God gave the world what it needed, not what it deserved. I put that in there because one of the lessons you need to hold on to is when you look at someone that has wronged you, mistreated you, done you bad, done you dirty, they, they have been all kind of dogs to you. They've been dirty dog, diaper dog, underdog, deputy dog, bad dog, mean dog, evil dog, witch dog. I don't care what kind of dog they've been. They deserve condemnation, but because of who you are in God you give them what they need and not what they deserve because in so doing you're acting more and more like your heavenly father I I want I want to see if we can work through this because it's important that you you grab hold of the principle tonight you've got to grab hold of the principle recognize that believers must be dominated by love Believers must be dominated by love. That is attitude, ethos, spirit. Dominated by love. Now this is important because it's countercultural. It's countercultural. What do you mean countercultural? Everything that Jesus offers in this text is counterintuitive or counter to the culture or counter to societal norms. It is not normal nor is it natural for one to love your enemies. 
It's not normal or natural. Uh, anytime a person uh, begins to love their enemies or love their captors or the wicked one around them, they, they, they have words for those. Uh, and they, they talk about this, uh, this kind of captive mentality where people can attach themselves to, to their oppressor. No, Jesus is saying, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about seeing them for who they are. That's why he used the word enemies. He said, you can see them for who they are and still say, I'm going to love you anyway. You're going to see them for who they, are, who they are and still do good for those that hate you. you it's, not, it's not some utopian kind of model where you're going to act as though what happened to you did not happen. You're going to act as though the devil has not used them or they have not volunteered themselves in the service of the enemy of your soul. No, that's not it. You're going to look at them and say, I'm not going to go down to your level. I'm, listen, Michelle Obama put it this way. When they go low, we go high. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not getting down on the level of someone that is acting at their worst and their most base instinct. I'm better than that. So you, you see folk out there, you, someone cussing, so you won't cuss. They raise their voice, so you raise your voice. They ready to go. Let me tell you something. You never let people bring you down to their level. You're not going to. You're better than that. You have to hold another standard for yourself. There's something about you that's different. I, I, I'm, I'm not always enamored with royalty, but I do like some of the protocols that, that are put in place for those in, in England, the British royal family. And it's hard for Americans to understand the need for those protocols or what they mean. But, but you have to get this idea is that when you know who you are as royalty, you don't act and respond the way others do. You respond out of who you are. And there's a way that royalty handles certain things. Missed it, went over your head. That's why folk who, who are, have the rebellious spirit don't last long, can't deal with it. Because it, it's difficult. Because it's not normal. It's not normal. Because the individual is what is prized in our society. The monarchy is what's, what's prized and, and lauded in that society. Which means that the kingdom is greater than the individual. And if the kingdom is greater than the individual, then some individual liberties are lost for kingdom's sake. I give up some liberties as an individual for the sake of the kingdom. And what I've got to understand is that for kingdom's sake, I have to dominate my thinking through the mindset of God and that thinking is a mindset of love remember God sent Jesus into a sin sick world he knew where he was sending him and for what purpose and he knew how he would be treated and he sent him anyway that's what love does Love looks beyond. I used to love that song, Amazing Grace Shall Always Be My Song of Praise. For it was grace 
that bought my liberty. I'll never know just how he came to love me so. But he looked beyond all my faults and saw my needs. When love dominates, love looks beyond faults. Got to preach right there. Love looks beyond faults. Love looks beyond flaws. Love looks beyond foolishness. Love looks beyond the feebleness. Love looks beyond the fear. Love looks beyond all those things because it sees need. It has to be a part of the ethos. The ethos, that idea of ethos is it's a part of the spirit or culture of a thing. That's why I use the word spirit ethos. It, it's part of the spirit of culture. It's, it's what dominates. It's the predominant assumption of a people. So the predominant assumption of believers is the benefit of the doubt always gifted by love. It's, it's, it's this, I, 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 I love you. But you don't know me. How do you love me? I love you with the love of the Lord. And that love doesn't need to know you as an individual. I know you as a fellow human being. I love you anyway. It is a character thing. I, it was interesting. I've been watching this um, situation with Ellen DeGeneres and her show, and and all the people were coming out talking about some of the things that happened behind the scenes of the Ellen DeGeneres show and how people were being mistreated and 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 talked about and and some rough things were going on. I'm like. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And everybody's going, woo, woo, woo. And the reason they're going that is because she gives off such an expression of, 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 of caring and friendliness and joy and, and equality and liberation. And then her show is functioning. And they say that this is true. I don't know that it's true or not. But they said the show is functioning in a totally different spirit. Now, now here's the kicker. She's not accused of anything, but because people that work for her and under her have been allowed to function outside of the spirit that she wishes to project, she's being blamed for everything. Stay with me now. If they are, if they are holding Ellen DeGeneres accountable for what the people who work for her do. Just think what they say about God when believers don't keep up with what God teaches. Just think what they say about our Heavenly Father. Oh, so you're a Christian, huh? I guess you like the rest of them. They all mean. I went to a Christian one time, and there you go. It's going to be an anecdotal story about something of some Christian that wasn't living up to their best self. Let me help you here. When I am dominated by love, it is not just for me. It is the spirit of all believers. And as all of us live out our faith, we reveal the blessedness of God to the world. The world gets to see the best of us. And in seeing the best of us, they see the blessedness of God. Okay, 
I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm on a roll now. I feel, I feel like we're getting somewhere now. We are, we're, we're, we're doing something now because I want to get to the place where I function daily in the spirit of love. Regardless of what's going on, daily I want to function in the spirit of love. Now, now this next one, it gets a little difficult. But watch this. Believers must demonstrate love. And that is in action. Believers must demonstrate love in action. Now, if you read the text from verse 28 on, it says, bless those who curse you, pray for those who spitefully use you, they strike you on one cheek, or from the other, they take away your cloak, give them your tunic, give them one ass, and do this, do that, do the other, and uh, okay, wait a minute. If you keep reading down, get to verse 35, but love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and, you're, and you will be sons, and I had daughters, people, children of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Ooh, did you see that? Did you? I know that flipped the script on somebody right there. You need to read that again. Rewind. For he is kind to the unthankful. And evil. What a God we serve. Kind of unthankful folk. Kind of evil folk. That's the kind of God we serve. Oh my God. Kind to the unthankful and the evil. Watch this. Here, here, here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Therefore, you be merciful just as your father also is merciful. Now, I, 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 I want to get you to get this because this one dropped on me like a ton of bricks. Mercy in me is a reflection of the God in me because it's not natural to me. Oh, I hope you can write that in the comments. Somebody needs to put that down. Please get it up quick. Mercy in me is a reflection of the God in me. Because it's not natural to me. It's not natural for me to want to be merciful. It's not natural for me to want to, want to bless the unthankful. It's not natural for me to bless the evil. That doesn't come natural. That's God in me. That's God in me. That's the believer in me being demonstrated. When I function in mercy, that's God showing up in me. Okay, yeah, I know that this, this, this is going to bless somebody right here. You see, 
Um, the psalmist gives us several examples of God's mercy. And if you look up just the word mercy in the old King James, I think you might be 300 places where mercy just comes up all of them. And then merciful and mercy. God just mercy all over the place. Which suggests that we don't deserve it. It's similar to grace, unmerited favor, mercy, mercy, mercy. Psalm 18, 25. He says, with the merciful you will show yourself merciful. Wait a minute. Isn't that what the Beatitude says? He says, with the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. He says, I need you to be merciful and you're going to get, we used the word reciprocity a few weeks ago, in return, mercy. I also believe that God sees the merciful as a direct reflection of God's own self. And God says, oh, I'm going to give back to myself. Psalm 26, 11 says, but as for me, I will walk in my integrity. God, I'm going to walk in my integrity. I'm not worried about your integrity. I'm walking in my integrity. I don't care what you want to do. This is my integrity. This is who I am in God. And then he says, because I'm doing it, redeem me and be merciful to me. Oh, it is, it is this idea that God wants us to do and live in the integrity of God. And God extends mercy to us. I, I love this passage. We quote it all the time. Uh, Psalm 37, 25 and 26. And we quote 25 all the time. Here the psalmist says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Wait a minute. You mean I'm sowing seeds? that are going to bless generations behind me by how I live. I'm sowing the seed that's going to bless the generations behind me by how I carry out myself, how I live my life. Wow. I, 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 want, to, I want to preach this into your spirit because see, God's mercy is what I live on. It's what you live on. And so, if that is it, it's probably because that's who God is. Listen, Psalm 103 verse 8 says this. The Lord is merciful. That's Psalm 103 verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. That's it. That's it right there. Psalm 103 verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious and because he's merciful and gracious he's slow to anger and abounding in mercy let me tell you something all of y'all that are hot-headed all y'all that are turn on dime all y'all to get mad and quick fast and in a hurry let me tell you you're not acting like God you're not acting like God because the Lord is slow to anger so if you want to act like God you better slow down slow your roll slow your roll slow your roll slow your roll Slow your roll. Slow your roll. Stop being hot-headed. 
Stop letting everything turn you off across the bend. Stop losing your mind every time you turn around. Stop trying to give everybody peace of your mind. Let me tell you, you ain't got but so much mind to give anyway. Give away the peace you need. Listen, you need to know that you ought to be abounding in mercy. I, I, the proverb, the, the, the last uh, Hebrew scripture I want to use is the proverb 11.17. Because I just love what this word says. The merciful man, woman, person, people, the merciful individual does good for his own soul. Wait a minute. He says, as I am merciful, I'm blessing my soul. Shalom, good God Almighty. He says, I'll bless my own soul. As I function in mercy, I'll bless my own soul. But he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. God, I don't want to be, I don't want to trouble myself. I, I want to bless my soul. I, I, want, I want to do good for my own soul. I mentioned to you Matthew 5 and 7, which is, which is the reciprocity that attaches itself to this merciful idea because he says to us in Matthew 5, 7, during that Sermon on the Mount, he says simply, blessed are the merciful, for they shall what? Obtain mercy. That the return on the investment of mercy is mercy. Wow. Now, if you don't think that you're going to need mercy, then okay. Do what you want to do. But if you think, and I'm pretty sure you will, that you're going to need mercy, I think you want to live a life of extending mercy. Okay. Last point. Last point, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get off this thing tonight. I'm gonna get out of this. I'm, I'm I really am. I really am. But this is the hard one. This is the hard one. This one gonna mess somebody up. Somebody gonna get mad. Don't get mad. Hold on. Hold on. Don't get mad. Believers must depend upon love, and I have there non-judgmental. Non-judgmental. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Reverend. What do you mean non-judgmental? I, I, you got to be non-judgmental. Okay. I got to be careful not to function as judge and jury of life. See, I've got to get to the place where this doesn't mean I can't have discernment, which I need. It means I need to practice discretion. I can have discernment. I have to have it. But I need to have discretion and to see life sympathetically. To see life compassionately to, 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 to see life non-hypocritically because see some of us will forgive in ourselves 
what we will not forgive in others. Some of us will excuse for our kin, that, that, that kinfolk, our kind, our family. We will excuse for them that which we have deemed inexcusable in others. You see, some people will decide about an individual without any kind of critical thinking or discernment. They will lift up their bad opinion based on their bias. They will see a behavior and think that this behavior is so abhorrent that they don't know what to do. And many times they will misjudge a person. They will misjudge them. They will misjudge them. They will, they will, they will think that that's a bad individual. They will, they will treat people wrong. You, you know, they, they, and, and we, are, we are prone to, to misjudging one another. We're prone to being mean-spirited. And here the text, verse 37 says, judge not. Ooh. And you shall not be judged, condemned not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And then he talks about a blessing, pressed down, shaken together. Judge not, you're not. You know, in my life I've had a lot of experiences of, of, of this. And, and, and I've learned that it's hard to live a non-judgmental life. Um, this is a way back story, and I can tell it because... He was like, became my, like a dad to me. Um, when I first became pastor here, 35 years ago in October, it will be, um, the chairman of the board uh, was one of the ones who did not want me to become pastor. I really thought he disliked me. He was gruff and rough, and he came at me with a vengeance. I mean, he, was, he didn't like, he thought I was too young, I was a young guy, He's, he, you're too young for the job, I was 25. He came at me, he, they, they, they voted against me and uh, he didn't want me to be here. Then after I got the job, he was chairman and he came up and he said, he said, I'm, I'm resigning. I'm not gonna be on the board anymore. And I was like, well, you know, the, the, the devil in me my my lesser self was like, well, go on then, good. And but that's not who I am. Anybody knows me knows uh, this is a, not only the, you know it's a true story, but you know that's how I am. That's not who I am. I said I start saying, no man, please don't do that. Please don't. I, you didn't know me. You you didn't know who I was. You 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 made a judgment based on my age and the fact that I was single. And you know you were thinking that you were protecting the body of Christ, and that's the right thing to do for you at the moment. I said, but but let's get to know each other. Try to get to know me. And and so I um I then went to someone who I I, I really trusted, and I I talked to to him. I said. Uh, this man over here is going to resign. He's upset with me, and I and I'm going to let him go. And uh, and William Dahoma Walla, never forget, Doctor Walla said to me, says he says, Rev, he doesn't want to resign, but he thinks that you're going to be mad at him because you know where he stood at. He's a good guy. 
He's just a little gruff. You need to get to know him. He said, but if you, if you talk to him and you share your heart, everything will be great and you'll have a great relationship. Now, when he said that to me, it resonated with my anointing. It did not resonate with my mind. My, my anointing heard it and it said, you are right. My, my mind said, this man's out of his mind. I said this to a person and I say it repeatedly, never let personality cause you to miss person. Let me say it again. Oh, I hope you write this down. Never let personality cause you to miss person. So I, I, I went back, I went back and I, I prayed and I asked the Lord, you know, because I had already, you know, invited him to stay. I had already said it, but it, it, it didn't resonate with him that, that I was genuine. And of course, because that's not behavior that he would have anticipated. And, uh, and so it dropped in my spirit, go talk to his wife. So I called her up. I said, Mother, now she didn't know me from Adam's house care. I said, Mother, I said, uh, I, said uh, I told her who I was. She said, I know who you are. And, 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 and she said, guess what she said? I know who you are, son. I said, I said, well, mother, I said, you know, your husband's talking about leaving the board. He's talking about not being chair anymore. And I really would love him to stay. I, I think he's going to, he, we're going to work out great. It's going to be a blessing. It, things are going to work out. And uh, she said, she said, oh, she said, Henry will be all right. It's gonna work out, Reverend. Now that you know, you let me let me just go talk to him. We and then then you see him. You go. You pull him aside next time. You you talk to him. I promise you this. We became so close that when we went to the convention, we actually were in Kansas City, uh, Missouri on the Missouri side, Kansas, Kansas. We were back and forth with the convention was so large. We're walking around the convention and we're walking with Deacon and Mother Story. And, uh, and, uh, and, and people walking around said, uh, said, ooh, it's so nice of you to bring your son to the convention. And she, he, said, he, he said, oh, that ain't my son, that's my pastor. I said, oh, I don't listen to him. He and I became the best. To the day Deacon William H. Story, William Henry Story passed away, we were close. Why? Because I didn't allow something that, that had nothing to do with me to get in the way of what could develop as a friendship. Let me tell you something. Sometimes, you know, stuff happens. People may be on one side of the issue or the other. When I tell you he was like a father to me, I'm talking about he was more kind than you could imagine, giving and loving and helping and supportive of the work of the ministry and bringing things under subjection. It was amazing. And considering where we had started this, this bam, clash, it was totally unexpected. But had I walked in the spirit that was around the issue. Had I walked in that gruffness, I would have missed a friend, a brother, a mentor, a father. I would have missed a great man in my life. 
I would have missed the sounding board. Because why? Had I come back with a rough spirit, it would have disseminated throughout the relationship and broke us. We'd have never been able to be what God wanted us to be. Not only did he bless me, Mother Story blessed me, she put me into the convention, had me preaching, broke all kinds of opportunities open for me. It was amazing, but it started with the spirit of love. It started with living in a non-judgmental way where I could see beyond. Now it took help. God needed William Waller, God needed Dr. Waller to talk with me to help me help engineer my pathway. But God had my heart open to that because I wanted to walk in love. I would not have been open to that if all I thought I had to do was I'm the new pastor, I'm the new sheriff in town and I'm going to take over and cut everybody. No. Scripture teaches there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is death and destruction. I do believe that scripture means a lot in that if I go with my flesh, my flesh will destroy me. My flesh will say give hate for hate, evil for evil, punch for a punch. Listen to me closely. Jesus speaks so counterculturally that he doesn't just speak to the prevailing culture of Israel. He speaks to the culture of those around Israel. Because they were in the world, but they were not to be of the world. And so the codes that they were living by, which were, which were thousands of years old, those codes which had seeped into the way they carried themselves. Jesus says, but that ain't us. The codes in normal society of how you handle someone that you're having a hard time with, that ain't us. We've got a better way. And I want to tell every believer, you can reconcile, you can bring things back together because that's who you are. And yes, you will forgive. And the reason you're going to forgive is not for the other individual, but for you. Will it always work out like it did for me and the chairman? No, that's not always possible. But it was what God wanted for my life and for his. It's not always possible, but it can happen. It will happen. In many cases, you'll be able to reconcile your family. In-laws will be able to get back together again. In many families, you'll be able to bring the situations under subjection if you, if you just function in love. And for those who have been abused and oppressed by others, I don't want you to come back with them. That's not what I'm asking of you. I'm asking of you to be healed of what they did to you so that you're free of them so that they don't impact your next relationship. Don't let your divorce be your demise of future relationships. Don't let the fact that it didn't work out in this partnership and relationship be the demise of any future partnerships and relationships because you're holding on to all the hurt and pain of the past. You have to move forward. You do that by living a life of love that's functioning in mercy to others 
and forgiveness to them and yourself. And yourself. You can't blame yourself. You got to move on. And guess what? If you do that, you'll get peace in your heart and quietness in your mind. And you'll recognize the God you serve is a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, a light in the darkness. This is the word of God for the people of God. And I want to say, thanks be to God. Join me, saints, in giving benevolently. You know, what we receive on Tuesday nights, we give it out into the community to help feed the hungry, to help clothe those that are naked, and to do the things that God has called us to do. Please continue to support the ministry so that we can keep doing the good works of Jesus Christ. Our deacons are still here ministering. They may not be able to serve in the building every week, but they are still serving. They're still out there. We are still working on behalf of the kingdom of God and we will not stop serving you and loving you we love you and we know that God is with you if you want to cash app us you want to give something to benevolence those benevolent gifts go right in for the diaconate to keep on doing what they do to bless and be merciful unto those who need us in this time of need I love you all with the love of the Lord you won't change my mind. I God be with you. I look forward to seeing you on Sunday morning. We're going to have church again. God bless you. May you go in peace. And may the peace of God go with you. You be what God wants you to be. Don't worry about anybody else. Shalom.